Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper 24 Minute Recaps Episode 50. Wow, what a milestone. 50 recaps. Thanks for all the loyal diehard Dime Dropper fam that support come to the live every single night. Really appreciate you guys. Tonight we had two games, the two greatest franchises in basketball history getting their fucking asses handed to them. <laughs> How about it? The Lakers very short-handed without Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder getting clapped by the equally scum, if not worse, Jazz. And then we had two Dime Dropper teams going at it in the South, the Atlanta Hawks and the Celtics. I was rooting for the Celtics on this one. You know, don't want to see... I want, what's, I want what I picked. So the further it gets from the predictions preseason, the more disappointed I am. So, you know, obviously I want to look good. So Celtics taking an L. Let's start with the Lakers, though, against the Jazz in Utah. Uh, I thought LeBron came out with normally what I think would be a good mindset of getting everybody involved and playing a little more off-ball. That doesn't mean he was moving off the ball. He's standing around at the three-point line, but we've already been accustomed to that, so I don't need to spam it anymore. I think my, my subscribers know I point this out. And the other guys, I mean, Kuzma, man, all his shots look flat. I don't know what's good with it, but, man, Kuz is a... I like Kuz, but... He's gotten away from the essence of what he was in the beginning of his career. And that was that he was a shot maker and not much else. And right now he's like a great guy and he makes shots here and there. He sometimes makes threes. But I've been saying for him to get different shots other than threes. And tonight he was one of four from two. Two of seven overall. One of three from three. And he only finished with five points. Although I don't know if I agree with the decision to take him out of the starting lineup by Vogel. I don't necessarily know what that was about. They started Markeith Morris, who actually was decent again tonight. 12 points, 5 of 10. But I don't know. Defensively, I didn't really notice him much. I think the Lakers' energy and effort was honestly not too bad, at least in the first quarter. Like, they were only down by one after the first quarter. They were doing their job. I mean, they were making type life tough on Donovan. But And I thought LeBron was decent to start the game. But in the second quarter, it was funny because it was actually one of the Lakers' very own that did it to him. Jordan Clarkson running away with sixth man of the year. I predicted Norman Powell. It's going to be Jordan Clarkson. He's run away with it. He was hitting everything. I mean, he's a shot maker. Step backs, contested shots, crossovers. He's got a bag. He's a one-on-one -on -one guy. He's of the ilk of Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, just straight bucket getters off the bench in his own way. And it's funny that the Lakers gave him up. It's funny that when he played with LeBron, he was considered a broke choker who just sat in the corner. Once again, another guy that you have to let rock with the ball who was brought to their team to become a spot-up shooter for LeBron, someone that can make plays off the catch. He completely fizzled. And, I mean, I'm not going to say it. I already mentioned in the who's the GOAT. So, anyway, JC was absolutely eating. The Lakers started to fall apart. Montrader, I mean, he did his thing where he scored, but he's just... He doesn't really get rebounds in terms of defensive rebounds. When 
I don't know. It seems like he he doesn't get rebounds a lot, defensive rebounds. He's good offensive glass. He's very active. He gets the rebounds that just come to him. Other than that, he's a, he gets eaten in the paint. I thought uh, there's so many, as I said with when the Jazz played the Clippers, the threat of the Jazz is they have so many pick-and-roll threats, and they have guys that can score in the in-between game that make you want to collapse, and then it gets open threes. Donovan Mitchell, even though he wasn't hitting tonight, his threat, just getting in the paint, Opens it up for other shooters. Man, does it feel like Bogdanovich ever misses? Because it doesn't for me. I know he was 5 of 10, 5 of 8 from 3, 15 points. But, man, it feels like he just hits everything. All the, the Jazz just make threes like in Utah like, like crazy. I know they make them in general, but especially in Utah, they just don't seem to miss. Like Mike Conley, 4 of 6 from deep, 5 of 10 overall. Better shooting from 3 than he did from 2. 14 points like Donovan was just making plays eight assists a lot of hockey assists and that's the thing Mike Conley Donovan they get these floaters going find guys like Jingles Bogdanovich Royce O'Neal and Rudy Gobich he's a great lob threat one of the best he's tall he gets up that's like you know he's his arms are above the rim you got a big target to throw to as a guard and that gives him easy buckets so that makes the, the guys guarding the corners come in collapse forces shooters and that was what the Lakers or the Jazz were getting all night. The Lakers couldn't do anything about it. Dennis Schroeder is the best Laker player in terms of putting pressure on ball handlers. Caruso, eh, he was decent, but he can't just do it by himself. And then the Lakers get eaten up on the inside. This has been a problem all season. Marcus Gasol and Montrader. Marcus Gasol not great on a very, I mean, in a very good pick and roll duo like Donovan and Rudy Gobich. I mean, those two, I think they're the best pick and roll duo in the NBA. I said it in the other week. Uh, when they played the Clips, I'm going to say it again. They're the best in the league because, like, Rudy's just a big target. And Donovan is so deadly in the in-between game. He's got a great pass with the lob passes. Conley's capable of doing the same. And it forces, you know, athleticism. Anthony Davis is one of the best in the league at showing on the ball handler and maintaining distance of being able to not show too early, just show for a second, and then recover to a big man to deflect the pass or, or you know, affect it. And get a turnover or, or just anyway, just not not get the easy dunk, not let the easy dunk happen. So I thought the Jazz just kind of ran away with it. I thought LeBron scored a bit in the third, but he just didn't have a sense of urgency. He was just sitting in the corner guarding Royce O'Neal most of the night. Same old LeBron just not seeming to care very much or put a very, very strong effort when the chips don't fall in his way. And I think it's just because, I don't know, he's just his mileage. I mean, here's the thing. He's he's def he's played every game, and I respect that a lot. He takes a lot of possessions off on D, and the Lakers. I don't think they just they just couldn't really get back in the game. KCP continues to struggle, one of five, but the Jazz were just fantastic. That Donovan Rudy pick and roll in the third quarter, again whatever they wanted. Donovan, yeah, I already read his line. Rudy Gobich, eighteen points, nine rebounds. JC had eighteen. Derek Favors had twelve. So it was an all-around attack. The Jazz went at 114 to 89 for the Lakers, just completely outclassed for the most part. LeBron James finished with 19 points, four rebounds, four assists, four turnovers, seven of 13, one of five from three. I just don't think he really like in a situation like this. Think about it, guys. If if the Lakers want to win in Utah, LeBron's gonna have to score 30, right? Like, you know, it's like it's weird. Like the games that he doesn't need to do dominate the ball too much he does and then when he when they he they need him to he like doesn't want to it's so weird he can be really weird sometimes but let's get to the Celtics game against the Hawks I paid a little closer attention to this one and man Celtics started out decent it was 13 to 15 Tristan Thompson was scoring underneath 
Jeff Teague started in place of Kemba. Of course, they started with Tyson Tatum again. And then it was the Trey Young show. I didn't watch the Hawks game last night against the Cavs. I just didn't get to it. And it's, it's whack because they lost to the Cavs for the second time this season. Another loss they shouldn't have had. And then they beat a good team like the Celtics. Or, you know, right now they're not a good team, actually. But a playoff team, let's say. At the Trey, so like Celtics went into drop coverage. And as we talked about, when the Celtics have Tyson Thompson in, they don't have switch everything personnel. You're not going to switch Tyson Thompson on a Trey Young. So they're putting Thompson in the pick and roll. Thompson was in drop coverage. When you had pick and pop with John Collins, he gets open shots that way. John Collins, you know, not too much involvement. Two of five from three, so that's good enough, 40%. Six of 11 from the field, 14 and 11. John finds a way to get his, even though Trey doesn't involve him and the team doesn't involve him as much as I'd like. I like his face-up mid-range. I think they, they just got to find a way to incorporate him better. But Trey Young was starting to hit his floater game. And when he's hitting his floater game, it seems like everything starts to click for him. And this this was the second time in a row they played the Celtics. Actually, no. he When they beat the Celtics last week, his floater game was on point. And then when that started happening, it was Tristan Thompson and them coming up a little further. But he was starting to hit threes from like 30 feet out. The thing was, Tristan Thompson didn't want to give up the lob to Capella at all. Like, they didn't want to give that up. And as you can tell with Capella's stat line, he only got six shot attempts up. So, three of six, nine points, nine rebounds. They wanted to get him to kick it out to shooters because he was getting that floater. And Tony Snell was hitting. Kevin Herter wasn't hitting too much, but he didn't actually actually get that many shot attempts. Two of seven for Herter, one of three from three, only five points. But Tony Snell, four of six from three. He was hitting. And when Trey Young just started to dominate, hitting from 30, they started to put Jalen Brown on him, and he actually got a steal. And, you know, he got mixed one time, I will say. But Jalen Brown was doing a better job than Jeff Teague. And it's like, it comes down to, and Jason Tatum was getting beat off the dribble too early in this game. It comes down to, as the leaders of this team, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum may need to take stronger responsibilities defensively in guarding the best players because these best players on the other teams, whether it's Jokic, whether it's Trey Young, whether it's Luka Doncic, they're getting off on the Celtics. They're all outperforming Celtic players. And I think that Jalen, as the defender that he is, may need to take the reins defensively. He's young. There's no reason we need to... I know that, you know, Marcus Smart is out and they don't have many creators, but I don't think it's the, you're at the age where you need to conserve for the defensive end. I mean, he's already missed games this season. Like, both of them need to step it up defensively, I think. But overall, the communication of the Celtics is just not great. Right now, they're just in disarray. But I thought that the offense just suffered from the fact that Tatum and J- uh, Jalen just weren't hitting their shots. They weren't hitting any of their threes, and they cont- continued to kind of take them. I mean, Jalen was 0 for 6 from 3. Tatum 1 for 8 from 3. Again, the Celtics struggling from the three-point line. And, you know, when, when you have two big men in, like Thompson and Tice, that's not great for the spacing. And that, you know, that makes it so that uh, Tatum and Jalen see more bodies on the drive. And that's what was happening again. And then Grant Williams comes in, and he's he comes in for his defensive versatility, but he's not a factor at all on offense. You know, he, you, he was uh, losing the ball, I think. Actually, he may have just lost it once. Yeah, he just lost it once, but 0 of 3, 0 of 2 from the field. I thought Aaron Neesmith was decent in his 14 minutes. He had 13 points, but he only played 14 minutes. I thought that Brad, I don't know, his rotation. I like Carson Edwards. He came in for 12 minutes and scored 11 points, but I don't know. I just think that Brad's rotations weren't too great again. 
I thought that the Celtics, but it's not as much on Brad. I think the players, you know, when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown don't play well, don't hit shots, it's not going to go very well. Gallinari came in and was absolutely splashing. The Italian Stallion, former Clipper Danilo Gallinari, one of my faves in the last couple of years. It started out with him just hitting, you know, his routine. It was catch and shoot threes. It was like guys on the Celtics, you know, collapsing too much, just being sagging off their shooters too much. And then it started becoming solid closeouts Gallinari hitting. Then it started becoming Gallo hitting from the logo and the hash. I was like, oh my goodness, they turned Gallo into Clay Thompson. And it got ugly. That's when the lead stretched to 20. The Celtics, I mean, at one point I was like, Tatum and Jalen got to take it to the basket. Collectively, between the two of them, they only shot nine free throws. And part of that's because, you know, they saw a lot of bodies and the Hawks didn't need to foul. They just had to collapse and... The Celtics don't have those shooters, man. No one's worried about Semi Ogilvy. Semi only only played six minutes tonight. Peyton Pritchard. I, I mean, there was a lineup towards the end of the first quarter for the Celtics that plummeted. It was Jalen and the rest of them, like Peyton, the Time Lord, I think Grant, Neesmith, and they're just not worried about the other shooters. I, th I think Javante Green wasn't bad. 13 minutes of play. He was plus 10, actually. Funny enough, six points, but some of that was in garbage time in the fourth quarter. I thought Teague was terrible in the first half. Just useless all around. Defense wasn't good enough. You know, he's... Ugh. The Celtics, they just don't have any versatility. They play all the pick and roll straight up. And when one guy gets going, the rest, the house collapses. The Hawks just make more threes than them. The Celtics are not shooting well at all. They don't have the threats to take attention off of Tatum and Jalen, which is thus making their life tougher. They're not being as aggressive as they should. Their body language is just not... It's not there. It's a tough situation right now. It's a tough situation. They need to make a move. I mean, they need to get some bench help. Marcus Smart needs to come back. The man got a technical on the bench today. But we got to give a shout-out to Gallinari and the Hawks. I mean, they were on it. Trey Young was in tough ones, but Gallo, 13 of 16 from the field. 10 of 12 from three. Plus 25, the best in the game by a good amount. 38 points for him. Unbelievable performance by the Italian Stallion. Trey, and honestly, they need to start playing him more. I mean, what the hell? Cam Reddish didn't play tonight, but with DeAndre Hunter out, like, I don't know if they need to start Tony Snell over Gallo. I mean, Gallo is a 18 points a game guy for the last two years of his career on playoff teams. They need to start involving him more. If they don't want to start him, give him starter minutes because that dude is able to take the ball out of Trey's hands and, you know, get his own shot when he wants. He's a tough shot maker. But the Celtics, just terrible. Just terrible. They need better performances from Jalen and, and Tatum. Um, Jalen, 6 of 16, 0 of 6 from 3, 17 points. That's not going to cut it. Jason Tatum, 4 of 20, 13 points. Also not going to cut it. It's just pick and roll watch right now. And I think that Peyton Pritchard's in a little bit of a slump right now. I think you need to get him a little bit more on the ball doing pick and rolls again. He's off the ball and is not very effective at all. It's like the Celtics just don't have any off-ball off effective threats. Jalen's the only one that does anything. He comes off dribble handoffs and stuff. But then in the second half, they all just fizzle out. And there was a lot of times today where the Celtics were one shot away from that 5-0 run, that 7-0 run that could have turned momentum. And they just didn't make the play. The Celtics, and you know, Mike Gorman, longtime play-by-play announcer, knows the Celtics better than anyone, went on the radio today and said, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown seem to be worried about, you know, their 25 a game. I haven't even called them out for that. You've heard me on this show. I haven't gone at Jalen and Tatum for caring about stats. 
But Mike Gorman, if he's saying, you know, he thinks that the team is, they're too worried about being individuals, the ball doesn't move, you know, it's stagnant, they're not leading by example. I mean, this is a guy that's witnessed Paul Pierce his whole career as a Celtic, Kevin Garnett in his years as a Celtic, and more importantly, Larry Bird, Mikhail, and all the 80s greats of the Celtics. He's seen greatness when he sees it. I mean, he knows greatness when he sees it. And for him to call out their players like that, man, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, I know they need help. I know the coaches need to be held accountable. I know the general manager, Danny Ainge, needs to be held accountable for the fact that Hayward left and they didn't bring in the adequate tools to replace him. Part of it's just luck. You know, Kemba's not playing. Marcus Smart's not playing. And, you know, they're not better without Kemba. They're not at the end of the day. Kemba hasn't been great, but they're not. Celtics fans, the Celtics dropped to 15 and 17. It's looking really tough for them. Their next game is against the Pacers on Friday. And I have a feeling things may not be getting better very soon with them. By the way, congratulations to Devin Booker, who I spoke very highly about yesterday that he needed to make the All-Star team. I did not get to see the Warriors of the Suns games tonight. I'll probably try. I'll watch one of them. Tell me which one you want me to see. Let me know. I may not be able to watch both, so just let me know which one you want me to see. By the way, the video of Kobe and how he succeeded in the finals, the back-to-back, how Kobe's Lakers won back-to-back titles, was successfully filmed today. It was longer than the first one by a good amount. But, man, it was a good one. We went really in-depth. I'm going to have the footage for you. If you haven't checked out the first one of why Kobe's Lakers lost uh, two NBA finals, please go check it out. I worked hard on it. And if you haven't checked out, is the NBA getting better and better? All three parts. What are you doing? We're ending six minutes early tonight, 18 minutes. Now we're going to go to the live subscribers till minute 24 or minute 33, depending on how I feel. Thanks so much for joining me. Remember, follow me on TikTok. We are on there. I haven't posted a video yet. I'm lagging on that. And also follow me on SportsMe for quicker clips. We are going to be on that much more frequently. Get on that. TikTok, at DimeDropperPod. SportsMe, DimeDropperPod. You know the deal. Peace out, gentlemen and ladies, if you're listening. But I doubt it.